Hello, I'm Kaylee. And I'm Evie, and we are two gals here to have an honest discussion about all things sex, mental health, and self love. Twice a month, prepare for no filter and pure honesty, covering everything from improving your mental health to discovering your body. Welcome to Clitory the Best, a conversation with RSE with Millie discussing school sex ed, or more professionally known as RSE. So hey Millie, how are you? Hello. <laughs> Thanks for coming I'm great. On. No, yeah. absolutely, my pleasure. Would you like to first of all tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Oh my god, whenever I get this I'm always like... My name's Millie. I've got brown hair. And <laughs> My favourite colour is. <laughs> so uh, I'm Millie and I'm a sex um, relationships educator and consultant. So I work with um, schools, colleges, universities um, on developing their RSE curriculum or working on campaigns with them. So currently at the moment I'm working with a UTC, which is a university technology college, and I'm developing their um, curri- 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 curriculum with them. I'm uh, doing teacher training for them and teaching their students for them, but wow. on like a two-week campaign week. So it's really, really cool. So oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and you also um, do a podcast with... Her name, I always forget the account. Catherine from Bloody Honest. Bloody Bloody Honest, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do a podcast together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh it's in its infancy. It's very Mm -hmm. new. Um so it's called That Bloody Sex Podcast. And it's because obviously it's great, isn't it? It's (laughs) because she does um periods and stuff Mm -hmm. and she's really into like menstrual health, gynecological health. Whereas obviously I do all like the like my job is a sex educator, so we're two different mm-hmm. paths um so we put them together and we got bloody sex so we were like that bloody sex podcast i think it sounds Love good it. <laughs> very, very british <laughs> yeah 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 so if we jump right in um mm-hmm. how has rse changed since you've had it which is probably quite a big question but, um oh my yeah. goodness how has it changed <laughs> right well firstly it's better <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it goes without saying. Yeah, literally, it goes without saying. Um, Yeah, it's changed a lot. So, policy-wise, we haven't had a reform since 2000, the year 2000, for um, sex education. That's 20 years. That's a long time, isn't it? (laughs) No, it's not good. Um, There's there's been, like, a few things, like, uh, PSHE-wise, which have changed and things like that. And um, Mm -hmm. I think with the the, the 2000 curriculum, there was a bit more freedom in what you could teach in the sense of, like... Well, I say that. There were more restrictions. So Mm. there were certain things that weren't outlined, therefore teachers weren't teaching it. But there was a bit more freedom in that teachers could avoid it if they wanted to. Um, so if they didn't want to teach it, it didn't get taught. And if they wanted to just, uh, kind of like tag it on at the end of the year, they could. So like, I know my sex ed lessons were in, um, I didn't have sex ed until like year 10 or 11. Oh, wow. I know. And they were like, tag on little PSHE lessons. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm quite similar. Yeah. And it's just Mm. like... I remember them being one really ineffective, super ineffective, because it's just like a oh we're just going to spend this one hour doing it. It's ineffective. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas now, there's a whole curriculum dedicated to it. It's compulsory. Ofsted are inspecting and making sure that it is being taught. So, yeah, it's, it's changed a lot. Yeah. A lot. But it needed uh, to. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, there's probably still quite a way to go, but, you know. Yeah, for definitely sure. definitely needed sure. to change, yeah. What well, um, sure. is taught now at primary school? Because I know there's always, everyone kind of kicks off when you say, oh, PSHE or, like, they call it sex ed, but it's not really at primary, and everyone like thinks, "Oh no, my tiny little child's going to learn about anal or something." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what is actually taught in primary school? So this is the thing: everybody's always like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they're teaching sex ed in primary school." We're not. Full stop. <laughs> We're not. That's not being taught in primary school. What is being taught in primary school is relationships education. Mm-hmm. So, um, they're the the basis of of their education in terms of RSE is uh, learning about good relationships, bad relationships, um, relationship types, what love is, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, there's very, if there is, it's very little talk of what sex is uh, and things like that. So there's relationships. There's also bodily changes. So they will learn about their body, how it develop. Um, the reason why that happens in primary school is because sometimes you get a few, um, uh, guardians and parents and things like that who are a bit touchy about that but the reason why that happens in primary school is because you need to get that in early before they get to secondary school and they start going through the changes Mm. because if you get the sooner you get that in the less scared they're going to be when it happens yeah because you could have you can have people going through puberty really young nine eight really young and if they haven't already had that education and they don't get it until they're 14 it's already five years too late it's very scary it's really scary so the earlier you get that in the better so it's relationships uh bodily changes uh, i think there's a little bit of menstrual education but again that depends on what the school wants um well yeah what the school thinks is best um but yeah very little on sex mm. very very little is there bits on consent though do they like teach consent so they more do in a less forward way i guess yeah, there's like there's a like you do like consent games, consent play, um, less about um, consent in the context of sex mm, and relationships, yeah. but more in the context of um, so th- so th- uh, I think we've spoken before about consent yeah. games and yeah 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 and uh, con- so consent games can be so I'll just like give an example um, in the playground a kind of giving the children that choice whether they want to play with another person or not in the classroom you can give choices as to whether they want to have um their reading partner be their friend or somebody else or they want their um when they go into pairs they can say i I really don't want to be with that person like we just don't get on you're by doing that you're already implementing consent into the classroom and by doing that that will stay with them forever i don't really like billy who sits across the room because he said something really mean to me in the playground i don't want to work with him because he makes me feel uncomfortable obviously a child isn't going to word it quite like that it's just going to be i don't want to work with billy but if you're already putting those thoughts in in children's heads with consent games then they're already going to be making choices which are beneficial for them. So, yeah, there's less of a, like, um, established, now we're going to talk about consent. It's more, it should be, whether it is or not, should be, 
brought into classroom not even just within um pshe lessons mm. but in in all areas playtime like foundation how to treat people really yeah. exactly exactly mm. Mm. so do uh if they're a catholic school or religious school um can they opt out still or um are now offset going in and stopping that also if they're private school as well yeah so private school they don't follow the national curriculum uh, yeah so the private school don't follow so they basically they, they can follow if they want to but they kind of do it how um so that they could pick and choose they could use like a pick and mix of the curriculum uh, okay. um so yeah it's a bit different with private schools because they can pick and choose and it becomes a bit iffy with religious schools they can teach it in alignment with the religion providing that they're still hitting the basics uh, okay so there's like a minimum they've got to teach yeah for sure so um for, for, so i'll give an example if you had a private catholic school mm-hmm. because they have because they're private they don't have to follow the curriculum they might teach abstinence only um uh, education yeah, yeah so it it does become a bit tricky um but if they were like a if they were a state school uh, like an academy or a, just like a normal government funded school um and they were uh, uh muslim faith um school they could teach it in alignment with their views but as long as they were hitting the basics and still talking about relationships and things like that yeah. okay. um i'll be honest with you i haven't really because obviously i would be an imposter i would be it would be ridiculous for me to go into a mm. into a into a um islamic school and <laughs> because i'm not i would yeah. be like no i've not even i've not even put myself forward to those schools because that's just it's just ridiculous i can't i mm. won't be able to teach those kids as effectively as another muslim sex educator could so i just mm-hmm. kind of leave that space for somebody who could yeah. okay so what happens in those in those schools i'm not 100 percent um but yeah those are definitely spaces i don't occupy <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah uh, so what if we move on now to what is taught in secondary school um mm-hmm. yeah what's that jump up so uh so in secondary school this is when obviously this is when sex comes in um mm. so you'll cover things like it's a hard one because there's there's a lot of things that get that get covered at secondary school which could um which also do come into play in primary school mm. so things okay. like um so things like uh sex in the media mm-hmm. so like pornography sexting revenge porn things like that that gets taught at secondary kind of like um year eight kind of stage okay. um and then but you also obviously have sex consent huge huge one because then you can start putting it in the context of sex and relationships um uh, of still bodily changes still relationships but the relationships that you get taught at primary school um mm-hmm. obviously they're like friendships mum and dad brothers and sisters grandparents um mm. uh, for classmates the relationship with your teacher things like that they uh they do include romantic relationships in primary schools but as soon as you get into secondary schools that's when it's like okay so these are signs to look out for if you're in a toxic romantic relationship or if you're in a good romantic relationship things like that yeah so it's really really cool 
Um, yeah, that's good. They definitely didn't do that when I was being taught. But I remember the one thing I was taught in year 11 only. We had like we got to watch a video for about a minute that was comparing porn to real life. And I think that was the only thing that ever got covered apart from that's good, how though. to be protected. Yeah, but I was always really surprised that but apparently they just added that for that year. So I just got in, but... Again, it's difficult because everyone's laughing. No one actually really listens because they're like, oh, my God, that's a penis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no. Yeah, there is that. Um, but, yeah, no, porn lessons, I think, are great um, mm. because you need to get in there early that it is a fantasy, you know, it is just theatrical. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't compare. Exactly. You wouldn't compare, like, blockbuster films to real life kind of thing. Um so yeah, like kind of things like that, um, consent, things like that. I'm doing a workshop with um, the UTC, really really cool one on um, uh, when uh, uh, <laughs> uh, navigating decisions when you're like drunk or on drugs mm. or things like that. So I'm doing that with their sixth formers um, as like prep to go into uh, university and stuff, which is really really cool. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah so there there are like. Um, there's more freedom with secondary schoolers because obviously I say freedom you obviously still have to stay within the guidelines um Mm. the only thing that is a bit like meh is that obviously um the RSE curriculum's pretty pleasure avoidant so there's yeah yeah, so there's no real lessons on like the intricacies of sex and Mm. having sex and navigating what feels good (laughs) yeah what feels good what doesn't feel good and things like that which is so annoying. Yeah, but it's a real shame. Oh, one thing to actually point out about um, relationships and sex education is mm. the, the guidelines stress do not have a lesson dedicated to LGBTQ plus topics. Not like one lesson, but mm. it should be entwined throughout all lessons. That's good, yeah. So not like to try and single it out and make it like it this. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, you wouldn't have one lesson on heterosexuality, mm. so why would you do it for anything else? It's great. I really liked that. It's one of the things I liked. <laughs> <laughs> that actually moves us on quite nicely to our next question. Um, so, yeah, is it LGBTQ inclusive now? Um, are there still things they're behind on? Um, probably yes. but <laughs> <laughs> Probably yes. Uh, so teachers, I, have, uh, I should caveat this with, teachers don't actually get formal RSE training um, unless they unless the school funds it um mm-hmm. or for like from people like me so rse consultants and things like that so they don't actually get any training on it so that depends on the person who's teaching it yeah. this is where it's difficult right and mm-hmm. this is where it's crap because it depends on the person who's teaching it whether they want to be lgbt inclusive um mm-hmm. whether they stick to guidelines or not it's tough um also uh on top of that Ofsted have declared on the 14th of September I think um that they will obviously be going into schools in January and reviewing seeing where they're at seeing where they're at with their RSE um Mm. curriculum development and if they haven't put in their curriculum development by June that they're going to be teaching LGBTQ plus inclusive, mm. it it will contribute to a fail. Wow, that's good. That's yeah. really fantastic, good. isn't it? So, um, it, which which is a great positive, 
but it's just making sure that teachers are mm. yeah and whether their curriculum their like um structure of work is inclusive mm. so say with the course that i think you signed up to it the a set one i am I yes. you say it, yeah so just that wouldn't be something that some a teacher would need to do to teach it they can just teach it off a booklet basically yeah wow. yeah so do you want to know something really really funny and it was such a coincidence i was sat in a pub um this was during covid but i was outside i was sat in the air <laughs> i was i was two uh, a meter so away from these people yeah. yeah um and the, the people sat down next to us and it was a it was a weekday so um i figured out that they were teachers because they would talk about sex ed um this was in september and they were like mm. can't believe i have to teach it oh my god i don't want to teach it blah 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 these teachers had been lumped with the duty of teaching sex ed rse and they didn't even want to teach no it. training no training no training and they didn't want to teach it so how do you think those kids are going to receive it awfully so it literally all depends on what teacher you have to whether you may yeah completely oh wow it's a gamble it's a gamble and that's why it says in the it says in the um guidance outsource educators who are you know more qualified external bodies who are more qualified Mm. who know what they're talking about because then you're guaranteed yeah that your students will be getting a good education if you have mr morris who's two years from retirement yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean God. he's not going to teach at the same the same pace the same greatness that not to toot my own horn but somebody like i <laughs> could <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah i guess there's then the issue of like there's a lot of schools are underfunded so then they might be like oh well, i can't afford to get someone outside and then exactly yeah it's a it's a it's a systemic issue because it's not the school's fault mm. they need more funding yeah for sure so has um covid changed anything in terms of like what they're teaching have they had to push it forward bring it forward or so um so they kind of got given a grace period uh where they were allowed to push planning and things like that back um Mm -hmm. for another i think it was another term or something like this um which is okay i guess um i i understand because i know that schools were put under a lot of pressure um they shut in march Mm. uh april and students didn't go back until september so they were under a lot of pressure um teachers had to teachers and students had to adjust from learning from home i understand the frustration in the sex education community because oh my goodness we've just got it and now you're pushing it back even more i I completely understand but similarly the effectiveness of a teacher teaching rse when they have just come back to school they have to implement covid guidelines and things like this it's not gonna work there's not gonna be effective yeah. teaching the kids aren't gonna learn well enough it's just, it's just gonna be a failure so that that little grace period i kind of saw as like a oh that's good they have time mm. um so yeah it definitely did affect them um but so the utc that i'm working with uh they made their policy so they have to have um schools and academies and things like this they have to have a policy made public to parents so that parents know what's going to be taught and that they have the right to withdraw their child yeah. um up, up until two terms before the child is 16 um so they have so the 
parents have to be fully aware guardians have to be fully aware um so they had so the utc i'm working with they had this created um in like july time um, they asked me to review it in september it's been reviewed and it's going to be made public so they're ahead of the game they know what they're doing but because they had that grace period it wasn't yeah. rushed it was perfect it was great they also have um a scheme of work ready which wasn't rushed and it was great because they've been given this grace period nice. so whilst covid has affected it it's been a blessing especially if schools nice. have utilized it good. yeah yeah it's rad to hear it that would be said as well about anything at the moment so yeah that's good yeah yeah <laughs> so um what is your opinion on the current sex ed like do you, do you have things that you would like to improve personally or you'd like to see improved um Yes. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> yes. I um I think it's great so far, but there's so much more that could definitely be implemented into it. Um for sure. And I also think that the the guidance, the policies need to be more explicit. They need to be more inclusive of um SEND learners, that's special educational needs and disabled learners. Definitely mm-hmm. need to be more inclusive. Um yes. the whole thing needs to be a little bit more equitable because it's not fully accessible um and it's difficult because it's a great reform for what it is 20 years on but for where we're at in society it could be a little bit yeah it could be a little bit better a little bit better especially being like pleasure avoidant and things like that you can't avoid that anymore you can't Well, these accounts that we've made would be completely useless if they had actually fully exactly. covered everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, definitely uh, it needs some work, but it's a good foundation for now. Mm, yeah, definitely improved by the sounds of it. Um, yeah, so what is one thing you wish you were taught at school during um, RSE slash sex education? Oh, <laughs> do I have to have just one? Just one? Oh no, read off as many as you want, go on. Okay, okay, alright then. Um, <laughs> we could number be one. for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, number one, uh, mm-hmm. what happens if you don't treat an STI? Yes. For sure. We were talking about this the other day actually. Um, we had from Denise from Let's Talk STIs mm. on our podcast literally yesterday. And um, she... Thank you to watch. <laughs> oh my cute she um we spoke to her about what she thinks should be um on the curriculum and we all agreed 100 percent. if you have it untreated like we're taught that they're scary that they're nasty yeah. that you know you should but get treated. <laughs> yeah but not why and not what happens if you don't so mm-hmm. obviously things like chlamydia and gonorrhea their number one symptom is asymptomatic so you would never know if you had it Mm. and some people don't get that treated so then this develops and this can cause real issues which can cause infertility if you're not teaching that if you're not teaching young people that they need to get regularly tested um destigmatizing stis as well um and then telling them what can happen if they don't get regularly tested um Mm and what it can lead to not obviously using it as like a scare tactic but yeah. it's i just think that it's important for them to know that before mm. it it's too late so yeah, that's I, all i remember from mine is like they're really bad you must use a condom and then we didn't learn that some obviously aren't completely protected if you even if you do wear a condom like we it was just exactly yeah 
Yeah. That's exactly what Denise said, actually. She said, obviously, talking about um, that, yeah, condoms are great, but also, mm. you know, that's not going to protect you from HSV, HV, HPV. Like, it's hard. Mm. It's hard. Um, so that's definitely one. Two, pleasure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. These are in no particular order, either. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all just as important. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine running a pleasure lesson? Especially when everything's so, like, penetration-focused. I know it's probably improved a little bit, but it's all... Mm. And you're not actually taught that most women can't even orgasm through penetration. So you're laying there like, why am I not... <laughs> unless you, Exactly. Yeah, unless you've been exploring your body from a young age and you do know, then you're not... Yeah. Because exactly. also, that's the thing, like, girls... Boys would always talk about wanking and stuff like that, but then girls, if you'd even mention it, they'd be like... <gasps> No, but with me anyway, no one would ever admit it, and it was like, yeah, you had just killed somebody. <laughs> also, if exactly. we actually normalise that, then yeah, we'd all know. I've uh, just I just worked with um, Bella's boxes mm, oh, on on her latest Instagram campaign, um, the uh, My Orgasm and Me one, mm. and um, she asked in that about. Um, uh, like I say, it was something to do with like the stigma of it and things like that. And I remember um, being young, and the town I lived in had like a <laughs> so funny, like an Ann Summers and a La Senza. Do you remember La Senza? Yes. Oh my god, so bad. <laughs> <laughs> they were like next door to each other, and yeah. I remember if like me and my friends were shopping in town after school, we'd be like, "Oh my goodness, oh my yeah, you'd goodness, be like... don't look." <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh my god, I dare you to go to the back section." You'd be like, "No, you're not allowed." <laughs> yeah, so funny. Um, oh, it's just so funny. Um, oh, God, what else? Uh, the intricacies of having sex, for sure. Mm. And how this can be different dependent on the person. You know, wheelchair users, um, uh, I don't know, uh, woman to woman, man to man, mm. um, how this can be different for trans people and things like this, but also things like how some people might not want to do P and V all the time yeah. and how this could change and things like this. I think that's a really important one. Um, mm. But then the thing is, if I had it my way, <laughs> it'd be Monday to Friday, nine till three, RSE. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> but yeah, so those are my top three. They're my top mm. three. Just trying to think, is there anything else you want to say? Oh, oh, actually, I do, I do. Well, um, if you want to hear more, if anybody who's listening wants to hear more oh, yeah. about, um, <laughs> plug, yeah, plug. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wants to hear more about, um, like the policies surrounding RSE, the actual government guidelines, and things like this, um, I'm hosting a workshop. Oh, I can't remember the date. How bad is that? <laughs> I think it's the 19th of November. I'm hosting a workshop all about it and I'm going to go into detail on absolutely everything. It's really good for like people who are who have been given the duty of teaching it or who are, uh, want to be a sex educator and don't quite understand it all and need to know things around it. So things like abortion laws, Equality Act, Keeping Children Safe, SEN Code, things like that. Um, uh, PTC students, NQTs, anybody. Uh, it's only five pounds as well, by the way. And, uh, bargain, <laughs> absolute bargain. It's Isn't there like if you do go to all three, you can get all three for ten pounds? Yeah. yeah, absolute bargain. Really good. To sign up. Um, uh, Especially with COVID and lockdown, nobody's got anything to do. It's 
exactly that's why I did it because I was like everyone's going to be in lockdown I know what I know what people can do so yeah it's on Thursday the 19th of November 6 to 7 30 um if you want to find out more you can look on if you just go into eventbrite and type in RSE with Millie it'll come up but also if you go onto Instagram and type in RSE with Millie I will come up (laughs) nice and isn't it it's on zoom yeah. It is on Zoom, yeah. yeah. And nice. you could be as anonymous as you want. You don't need your microphone on, your camera on, or you could put your name as anonymous if you're... I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, listen and learn. Um, yeah, so where can the listeners find you? Uh, so, if you want to find me, you can Instagram RSE with Millie, Facebook RSE with Millie. My, my Facebook is like um, talking into the void. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yeah, there's no reactions on Facebook. Especially if you're on like the mum side of Facebook, like yeah, there's nothing there. So like on Instagram, if I were to post something, uh, if say I posted one of my posts on Instagram, it'd be like DMs, comments, like saves, shares, whatever. On Facebook, it's like yeah, and then on Facebook you share something, it's it's like one person like this. (laughs) Cheers. Thank you. Um. And then, yeah, if you want to find the podcast, it's at That Bloody Sex Podcast. And uh, mm. I host it with Catherine. Um, yes. We do a mixture of sex ed and menstrual health and things like that. It's pretty pretty cool. And if mm. you want to send me an email to talk about anything, or if you can't make the session but want to attend, send me an email. Uh, rsewithmillie at gmail.com. Mm. That's it. Hit oh, and if you're a school and you want me to come in, email me. <laughs> please <laughs> oh great thank you and also leave her reviews because i need to like try and sort this out at the end of the podcast i usually just like bye goodbye but please leave us reviews leave her podcast reviews because it means yes. so much to us and it just helps us you know helps our egos <laughs> no it helps, <laughs> our, it helps our podcast <laughs> right okay <laughs> thank you guys and yeah see you next time bye, bye. Check, check.